Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. The semifinals are set in Melbourne as the women take center stage on day 11 of the 2022 Australian Open. The favorite on the men's side almost didn't make it to the semis. Down two sets, Daniil Medvedev did something we hadn't seen all week. Plus, one of the greatest careers in Australian tennis comes to an end this week. John Wertheim salutes Dylan Alcott in today's edition of Unstrung. And our experts predict which stars they believe will break through and become first-time major winners this year. All those stories plus much, much more over the next two hours on this Australian Open edition of Tennis Channel Live. It's the start of the semifinals at the Australian Open. Welcome to TC Live, presented by Geico, our two-hour pregame show to get you ready for all the action every day down under. The women taking center stage today, and here is what is on tap. Two Americans on a collision course for the final, perhaps. Madison Keys on a career-high 10-match win streak, taking on world number one Ash Barty. And Danielle Collins will look to make her first major final, while Iga Swiatek tries to become the first Polish woman to reach the championship match in Melbourne. Looking forward to those two as we welcome you back into our studios in Santa Monica. Great to have you with us. Steve Weissman, the Hall of Famer Martina Navratilova, Hall of Famer Lindsay Davenport, and from 60 Minutes and Sports Illustrated, bring it in, John Wertheim. <laughs> uh, big matches today. Yes. Great players on every single court. But first, John, what's on your mind? Oh, man. In a few days, we're going to have winners crowned, trophies dispensed, but it also sort of calls to mind this cruelty of tennis. 127 players leave a major tournament on a losing note, but not all losses are equal, and I think sometimes we gloss over that. Third seeds, Garbine Muguruza and Sasha Zverev, they go out very quietly middle weekend. That's a lot different from matches like we saw yesterday with Felix OJ Aliassime. We'll talk about going out deep in a fifth set. That is a much different kind of loss, so the vast majority of players, all but one, end up losing at a major, but they all leave on very different conditions. I'm talking about the weather. It's been really hot. We've had these heat discussions so many times here. They have three courts with roofs. Close them or change the or, or move the tournament to later in the year, maybe February, maybe beginning of March, because it's just too hot. It's only going to keep getting hotter. Or they need to change the rule also to, to, to close the roof earlier because the matches shouldn't be about who can handle the heat better. It should be who's the better tennis player. Mm. Yeah, John said yesterday about Rafa Nadal losing nine pounds in, in one match. Pretty crazy. Lindsay, uh, a lot of folks have lost, but uh, some have won, and they've done some big things. Yeah, it's sometimes a player, they might reach a milestone again, duplicated, and sometimes the second one means a little more, and I think that's the case with Danielle Collins. She's back to an Australian Open semifinal. She was there three years ago, but in that time, Steve, she's had surgery for endometriosis. She was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. It has been a very hard struggle for Danielle to get her body right, to feel like she can compete 
at the pro level, and it's been so hard for her and her team. Amazingly, she said at this tournament she has not had a flare-up since last August, but it takes work every single day in her recovery, in her diet. She tracks how many balls she hits. She tracks how many steps she takes so she won't have a flare-up. Um, and you could really see that when she won her quarterfinal to get back to the semis, just how much it meant to her. Since having that surgery, she's played her best tennis, got two titles last year and now back in the semifinals. And how about this? With that run to the semifinals, we've been talking about this all tournament. She is currently the top-ranked American woman in the world at 14, could potentially get to 10, and the only woman that can pass her is Madison Keys if she wins the tournament. Kudos to Danielle for staying in that emotionally because players usually they deal with physical injuries. Her injuries, well, they're illnesses and, and you can't really overcome that with rehab or whatever. So it's really hard emotionally to to overcome that and she's done a great job. So well done. The same bluntness we see on the court, right? There's not a lot of nuance. She's, she's got the fist pump. It's the same way when she talks about what she's been through. She's been very open about, about the challenges, about, about menstrual cycles and women's issues. It's something we don't often talk about, but she's, she's very right when she says, look, this is relevant to performance, yep. and for some reason we don't talk about it, we should. And I credit her the same bluntness that we see when it's four all in the third set she brings to the interview room. Yep. Yeah, and you're talking about a player who also has joint pain issues. I mean, that's not easy when you're a pro athlete. She's overcome a lot, so kudos to Danielle. And, Martina, you're talking about closing the roof if it's too hot. I think it's a separate topic, but absolutely ludicrous. We start our season with a major. Right off the offseason, yeah, make the players go play the biggest Berlin. tournament in the very third week of the season. Players aren't really conditioned if you take a proper offseason. I say, like what you were saying, push it back. The Australian Open should be in March. Give the players some time to get their bodies ready for it. Our offseason is too short anyway. You yeah. don't start the season with a major, and it's too hot. Yeah. Most of all, it's too hot, and nobody can be prepared for that. I mean, Rafa Nadal losing nine pounds during a match. He's as well-conditioned athlete as you get, and he still could barely get through that match. So something's wrong there. Down under, don't look up. This, uh, <laughs> these, you know, yeah. these, these trends are not going away. Not going to change. So, I mean, as I like what you said. It ceases to become about the tennis at some point. It's just who can handle heat and humidity. That's not what we want out of a sporting yeah. event. No. NASCAR, really the only other sport that starts with their Super Bowl, playing the Daytona yeah. 500, racing the Daytona 500 right. first. Yeah. But we've got four majors, so, yeah. you know. There is that big gap, though, between Australia and Too Paris. Big. Too big. Too big. All right. See if we can make some changes. Uh, a lot to get to on TC Live today. A new potential electronic line calling for all of you. Something that you can use at home. We'll talk to the CEO of that company. Plus, how about all the quarterfinal highlights? All the big interviews you don't want to miss what Daniil Medvedev had to say. We're going unstrung on Dylan Alcott and Novak Djokovic. We will let you know the first tournament, when he's going to start his season. But first, Daniil Medvedev said he was channeling his inner Djokovic last night. See what kind of reaction he got from the fans. TC Live at the Australian Open is presented by GEICO. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. Martina, Lindsay, John, Steve, back on TC Live, presented by Geico, taking a look at our daily schedule. We are back with you at 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. The women's semifinals, 3.30 a.m. Eastern, right in the middle of the night on ESPN, or 12.30 a.m. Eastern on the West Coast. And you can catch, of course, all of the encores tomorrow morning here on Tennis Channel.
Stefano Tsitsipas looking to make his third semifinal at the Aussie Open. Yannick Sinner going for his first. Martina, the Greek star, had never lost in a major quarterfinal. He kept that streak going. And he didn't lose yesterday either. He came out firing with that forehand, really overpowered Yannick Sinner from the get-go, getting the ball away from Sinner, coming in beautifully. And it really showed just the power of Tsitsipas overpowered Sinner. Sinner never saw a break point, never got to that. On the other hand, uh, Tsitsipas was 4-4-4, just kept pushing Sinner behind the baseline. Sinner likes to take the ball early, and he had a hard time handling it. We saw some rain that ended up closing the roof. Cooked up pretty wet before they could close the roof. But uh, when, when uh, play resumed, same end result. Tsitsipas just playing really, really solid. You can see the shed, shadows on the court now. But uh, Yannick Sinner li- likes to take the ball early, like I said, but he couldn't handle the pace of Tsitsipas. He made too many errors. And Tsitsipas just uh, really dictated the whole way through. Never, I guess, like I said, never saw a break point. And that's devastating for somebody like Sinner, who breaks quite a bit. Couldn't do it yesterday. And Tsitsipas in the first semifinal here. Well, remember, Sinner was the betting favorite heading into this match. And Tsitsipas, real beatdown in straight sets. Tweeted after the match, it's the faith that makes you stronger. The only way you get there is one step at a time. He is one step closer to a final. Now, there had been a narrative that we were talking about about his recent elbow surgery, right? Uh, <laughs> I feel like you throw that out the door. We'll stop talking about that and start talking about Sissipas as a true contender for the title here. Absolutely. He was the one who announced from his hospital bed, oh, I've had an elbow procedure, but I'm going to go to Australia. We all thought he was crazy. What did we know? And also at the ATP Cup, he wasn't ready to play right off the bat, so we thought maybe the elbow wasn't ready. But he's played his way into this tournament Everybody was thinking that Sinner and his ground strokes, those powerful ground strokes, were going to give Sitsipas all sorts of problems. He was ready for it. He was way more energetic in the beginning of the match. He used his own power. And Sitsipas has an advantage against a lot of these players when he's on from the baseline. He also has that variety to be able to come to net and finish off points. And he was comfortable taking short balls in. He served and volleyed a few. And, and it was amazing to see Sinner was never comfortable ripping his ground strokes from the back of the court. Great game plan from Sitsipas. It had some get-off-my-fast-indoor-court energy. You don't think Sitsipas knew that he was the underdog against, against this 20-year-old kid who hadn't uh, achieved what he had at majors? I think that elbow injury was kind of a disguised blessing between all the craziness of the first two weeks of the year and Sitsipas and the injury. Remember, Mark Petri said he was getting his rackets restrung with gut to give himself some extra cushion with the elbow Expectations pretty low. The guy had reached semis two times in the last three years, and we weren't talking about him much. I think that may have really helped him just kind of snake through, and now he's in the round of four again. Also playing half and half. I, pl- I tried to do all nylon, and I just didn't feel the ball. And also my elbow started hurting as soon as I played. <laughs> but with the gut, you feel like the ball stays on the racket longer, and you get better feel for the shot. It, he's flattened his ground strokes, less, less uh, top spin on, on, over the net. But I think that's a good thing, and the ball gets there faster. And he, again, I think he's such a feel player. Maybe he can feel it better now mm-hmm. with these mm-hmm. string jobs. Now, with Yannick Sinner losing, first major since 2013 that we do not have a first-time semifinalist on the men's Ooh. or women's side. Felix Ojeali-Sim, however, looking to make 
The semifinals for the first time in Australia. Hadn't done that before. Taking on last year's runner-up, Daniil Medvedev. John, the Russian just beat FAA Love and four a few weeks ago. This was a very different story. Yeah, four Love. So the last set they played was six Love to the other guy. And this was really peak Felix. We talk about his maturation. We talk about these processes, this gradual getting better. And we saw it for the first 90 minutes or so. This was taking the first set in a breaker. Controlled aggression, hitting really hard, dictating play against a guy who's hard dictating. Look how much he's making that pass by. Before the match, 79% to Medvedev. There was one point in this match where it was more than 90% likelihood of Felix. This is Medvedev clawing back. You know, we hadn't had a player recover from a love two set deficit this entire tournament. Match point for Felix. Ooh, that's a good serve. Guess T went wide. That was pretty clutch because. Medvedev would finish out. Look at that. I don't necessarily think of him as a guy with great hands at the net. That is some first-rate volleying. A bad guess by Felix on a very big point. We would go to a fifth set and just a couple of points here and there again with the volleys. Medvedev, one break point. He converted it. Felix had three and could not. This is match point here. Four hours, 42 minutes. Big win, great match. Uh, just the second time in Medvedev's career, he's come back from two sets to love down. He's moving on, but Felix still feels good. I'm gonna, you know, leave Australia with with my my head um, held high, and I'm gonna, you know, go into the rest of the season, you know, knowing that I can play well. I can play well against the best uh, the players in the world. What goes through your mind at two sets to love? And what tactical changes, if any, did you feel like you needed to make? I didn't really know what to do, so I was like, uh, actually, yeah, I don't know if people are going to like it, but I told myself uh, what Novak would do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The old Robert Novak do play. And you know, uh, what, what, what came to my mind was that because he's, he's one of the greatest champions, or Rafa or Roger, to be honest. They sure. won so many matches like this. Um, and I just thought, okay, I'm gonna make him work. If he, if he, if he wants to win it, he needs to you know, uh, fight till the last point, even if it's 5-0, 40 love for him. I'm gonna try to make him tired for the next match, you know, uh, just you know, fight uh, till the last point. WWND, what would Novak do? <laughs> Didn't get a great reaction from the crowd there. Added Roger and Rafa, got, got some cheers back. So it's a rematch. Tsitsipas and Medvedev in the semifinals. And then Berrettini against Nadal in the top half. Martina, when you think about surviving a test like that, coming back from down two sets to love, what kind of confidence does that give Daniil Medvedev going forward now? Not just coming back from two sets to love, but he was down in three different service games, six break points altogether. Felix really should have won this match, didn't, but as Felix said, hold your head high. But Medvedev bought an escape, and again, mentally, he kept it together. Funny that he would admit to see what the other players might do because he's a Grand Slam champion now too. But yeah, it's funny where you can draw your inspiration from and, and he hung in there. So physically, this was not a plus for him, but emotionally a big plus, I think. Yeah, it was, it was amazing to see that fight. I mean, we've talked about Medvedev this tournament. He's faced players with different playing styles. He had to play Kyrgios in Australia. Not easy to do. He played the serve and volley or Cressy. Here, a different challenge against Oje Aliassime. And to be able to find that extra gear so huge, you're always going to have a, a match, maybe two in the majors, where you're going to have to fight hard to get through it. Maybe you're not playing your best. It's great to see Medvedev do it. I wonder, with Tsitsipas getting through so comfortably and Medvedev having to play four and a half so hours, 
Does that affect Friday's semifinal? Maybe give a little edge to Sitsipas, but Medvedev looked pretty fresh in that interview. I was yeah. impressed yeah. after four and a half hours and five sets. Jim looked pretty good, too, I got to say. Yeah, but, uh, no, I, I think Medvedev is very hard not to like. I mean, he's sort of, we, we all remember the, the breakthrough at the U.S. Open. He sort of played the WWE heel. He's, he's very honest. He's, his game has all sorts of sort of subtle flair. I want to go back to what he said, though. I, I thought that was a bit of a tell to reference an active player as the source of your inspiration. Um, ever seen that before? No, but I, I don't know how many times he's been down two sets to love and feels like he should win a tournament, right? I mean, who who's right. his contemporary the most? He said Novak. He was a little bit – he was watched Novak the last eight years. But I think that just goes to show the respect, right, of these top players they have with each other, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe. I mean, wh- why not? I mean, <laughs> if you're going to draw inspiration from anybody, yeah. a 20-time major champion – would probably be a good good place to start. Did, I did think the fan reaction was uh, well, was rather telling. <laughs> well, but, know, uh, yeah, exactly. We know what they would have done had Novak actually played the tournament. But uh, yeah, great, uh, great, great respect shown by uh, Medvedev. But no fear, and that's yeah. how it should be. And, and I think he knew how the crowd was going to react there. as well. And that's well, it, it makes him so likable. He's in, a good guy, in my now. opinion, as well. Yeah. <laughs> They're not saying rune, but uh, no, I was, it was funny how Medvedev sort of anticipated that. But uh, anyway, it was good, good theater, good theater after the match as well. All right, let's get to the women now. Danielle Collins taking on Alize Cornet. Collins trying to make it two Americans in the Final Four and make her second career semifinal here. Cornet, remember, Martina, after 63 majors, this is her first ever quarterfinal at a Grand Slam. And, and she's been taped up on both her thighs, got through some really, really tough matches, particularly the last one uh, against Halep. This, again, played in the heat of the day, but uh, oh, Danielle Collins just came out Played really, really solid. Again, forcing some errors from Cornet. And once she won that first set, she relaxed. Daniel Collins dominating when she got her first seven, winning 90% of the points, which then enables her to go for more on the opponent's serve. And she wrapped it up nicely in the second set. 28 winners to Cornet's 11. And Collins talking about a heavy workload. I mean, I definitely had to take some time to recover, especially after, you know, few days of singles and doubles back to back and so consulting with the medical team and having the physical therapist to assist me in uh, recovering and making sure I got what I needed uh, to feel my best Um, so yeah very grateful for having that staff here and and people that are so knowledgeable and um, experts in their field. Great to see her a couple of years later you know, back in the same place. What was your big takeaway from this match? I thought the, the quality was very high, and especially from Collins. I was really struck by something Alizé Cornet said after the match. It, mm-hmm. She said, I give my utmost respect to Grand Slam champions because this is a quarterfinal, and I feel like I've been here forever. <laughs> like The tournament, <laughs> it's so hard to play your best over a two-week period. And here she was in a quarterfinal on Wednesday, and she was blown away, really, that there were still four to five more days still left in the tournament to play well. Really goes to show how hard it is to win these majors. Every day you've got to be as close to your best as possible, and Cornet really realizing that in this deep run. I think it's a great point. The ritual excellence of players like uh, my my two colleagues on set, but like Roger and Rafa and Nova, I mean, to get to the latter ends of majors – so routinely, we see one bad day at the office and so many players are, are on planes home. We shouldn't take it for granted when you have this kind of consistency. Cornet, though, also talked about inhumane conditions. Yeah. Um, she did not look especially fresh. And uh, this was if it, the other side of the net between Madison Keys and Daniel Collins. Yeah. Good advertisement for training in Florida. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> for sure. this, this did seem to be a match that lagged a little yeah. because of the conditions. Yeah.
31 and 7 since July, Danielle Collins. So I mean, good. she she has since having that surgery, which she talked about, because when she played Iga Sviantek last year and had to retire from that match, was in pain, mm-hmm. utter pain. They didn't know at the time what right. was wrong. And that was a big problem, not knowing the problem, right? Yeah. That was the problem. And now she got the surgery, has fixed it, and she's on fire. Yeah, we know what it feels like when uh, it's a heavy, heavy flow. Uh, and she had really much bigger issues than that. And, uh, it's, again, kudos to her for talking about it, dealing with it. And it's real. And uh, now look at the results. 31-7, she must feel so relieved by, uh, by the resolution. And, of course, the results are phenomenal. Can get to 10 in the world. It's ITA kickoff weekend. College tennis, right? So, Danielle Collins, two-time NCAA champion at UVA. We were researching who's the highest-ranked player who played college tennis on the women's side. And you came up with? My old teammate from the Cleveland Nets, Wendy Overton, uh, played for Rollins. I always remember her being introduced from Rollins College. Wendy Overton, she was ranked as high as four, which I didn't realize she was that high, but I thought she was top ten, so kudos to Wendy. Yeah, Kathy Jordan got to five, played at Stanford for a little while as well. Danielle could be a ten. She she could be a ten. First time in decades that a a college tennis player gets to top ten on the women's side. And she's not done yet. Not done yet, not at all. Uh, the, the Estonian that we expect in the quarters, probably Annette Contivate, but uh, something about Kaya Kanepi at majors. Nine of her 14 top ten wins have come at Grand Slams. Could she get another against Iga Sviantek, Lindsay? Uh, Kanepi started off this match so well. We talked about how hot these conditions were, and she was using her hard ground strokes in that first set. Tons of credit to Sviantek, who was able to turn the tide early in the second set. Got off to a 4-1 lead before Kanepi started a comeback, but it was the tiebreak where Sviantek was able to cut out her unforced errors, really start to wear Kanepi out. The shot selection of Kanepi started to go down as she started to get a bit fatigued, but overall, an amazing tournament for the Estonian. She was moving better than ever, hitting her ground strokes, but Sviantek has shown a side of her this Australian Open we haven't seen, that big fight, and... This, if you see a better match point in Grand Slam match, let me know because this was Iga Sviantek at her best. <laughs> Look where she's at for this one. Look at the slide on this forehand. That's ridiculous. You know, you, it's impossible to slide like that on her face. Here she is. Definitely. <laughs> Got to stay in it. The hustle, the effort. I mean, absolutely amazing. Love that reaction from Iga Sviantek. Said, I'm proud of myself for being able to find solutions and actually think more on court what to change because that wasn't clear for me earlier on. Take a look at the semifinals. Barty and Keys, Colin Sviantek. Those matches are coming up tonight. Sviantek now 3-0 in three-set matches at slams when she loses the first set. She has found the ability at the biggest moments to raise her game to another level. Exactly. And once she won the French Open, she never lost a set. So she was always ahead. Like the toughest set was 6-4 once. So she, it was kind of almost too easy. And she's become a fighter now. She has had to believe in herself and has backed up that, uh, that French Open win. And here she is, one of the best fighters on the tour. Totally different skill set. Totally. I mean, people will say, well, this is 18 months ago. She won a major. Now she's back in the semi. It's a completely different mentality. We saw that match point, I think, was symbolic. It's about defense. It's about grinding. 
She's not just clubbing her way through straight set matches nope. at this tournament, but here she is two matches away from winning a second major. And also figuring out ways to win because there was a lot going on in that match. Mm. At times her forehand was off. She's got that extreme grip, and Kanepi was pounding that side. She was misfiring. She started to find her range, though. Yep. She was upset about her rackets and the tension they were at. But it was amazing to see her pull it all together in that third set. A huge win, but it was three hours mm. And one minute and to come back again the very next day now against Collins much shorter match Collins is definitely going to be a little fresher I, I don't know I think this is a great opportunity for Collins Schwantek did an amazing job getting through that I wonder what she has left in the tank for this semifinal today and I wonder why it's a baked into the schedule that half the draw the quarters and semis are back to back you have a day off between every single match and now you have to go back to back when some of the men get two days between the quarters and the semis it makes no sense Agreed. Yep. Thank you. That, that does not make sense. <laughs> and this in the most important moment as well. We'll see what happens. Looking forward to those matches coming up later tonight. When we come back, the always popular double segment. After a loss in singles, can Barbora Krejcikova keeps her hopes alive with Katarina Siniakova? Find out next. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Davenport, Navratilova, Wertham, Weissman, it's TC Live presented by Geico. And we've got Rajiv Ram and Joe Salisbury looking for their second straight major title together, taking on the 2015 Australian Open champs. You know him, Fabio Fonini and Simone Bolelli, John. That's surprisingly lopsided for two accomplished doubles teams. Ram and Salisbury, University of Illinois, and Memphis. Down the river, down the Mississippi. A uh, very nice doubles team. They won this title two Years ago when they were terrific yesterday. I've kind of gotten addicted to these doubles winners and error stats. Just yeah. They're so absurd. 17, can this be right? 17 winners, one error for the team? Um, we all love doubles. And uh, one reason is because of the shot making. That's a very nice, easier win than you might have thought. But uh, they're moving on. They're the 2020 champs. Is that how you saw unforced errors and, well, and winners and doubles? Isn't it with if your opponent, if one of them's at the net, it's considered a forced error exactly. because yeah, right, someone's right. there. So it, and even if you're yeah. sitting there with a sitter pass and right. miss it, they still call it a forced error. Yeah. I hate those. It's stats. a little missing. I don't, yeah, I don't buy the doubles. Is, but, yeah. but really in doubles, you do have very few unforced errors because it's either a double fault or a sitter volley. Right. So, but <laughs> oh, the, some, the ones some that are counted as an unforced. Some of them yeah. should be yeah. counted as unforced, as you said, if you have a sitter and you still miss it. Yeah. But anyhow, but we, we, we had a match where there were no zero unforced errors. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that, that clean is just somebody's always at the net, so oh. it's a forced error. Right. Looking for their third major title together. Yeah, Ram and yeah, Salisbury. Right. More just, hashtag college tennis, right? Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, college tennis is good. Also, do doubles really carrying its weight this event. Uh, been got a lot curious of fun matches. Kokonakis on Rod Labor today. Mm -hmm. Men's doubles before the women's semis. It'll be rocking. All right. Let's look at some women's doubles highlights. Straight to it. A couple of top 30 singles players. Veronica Kudermatova and Elisa Mertens taking on Kirsten Flipkins and Sarah Cerebus Tormo Martinez. Yeah, Mertens having Ooh. won with Sabalenka last year, a couple majors. So uh, here she is playing with uh, Kudermatova, who came very much point in, at Wimbledon finals last year. 
So really two good doubles players, really uh, playing well together. Sergio Stromo, I think, is the weak link here. She works hard, but she's a baseliner. And as much as Flipkins is trying to do, uh, it's just uh, too good there from Kudemetjewa Merchants. Two really good singles players who also know how to play doubles. And they were just too much of a good team for, uh, for the Serbia Stromo Flipkins. Nice, nice new partner for Mertens. I mean, had Arena Sabalenka, now you pick up Kuder Matova. Yeah. in the semifinals. Like that duo. All right, Linz, uh, we got the top seeds. Barbora Krejcikova, Katarina Siniakova, taking on the American. Caroline Dolahide and Storm Sanders from Australia. No, there's no question Krejcikova and Siniakova are the best team on the women's tour. It doesn't mean they win every tournament, but they play together as a unit. They've done a phenomenal job at this tournament. They just had too much variety, too much power for Dalahide and Sanders. Able to come to net. Both players return well. Both players serve well. They are the, really the complete package. And, and big favorites to win this title. But nice to see Krejcikova rebound after that tough loss in the singles to Madison Keys. They're just too good together. She said, I find it maybe more difficult right now. We have to focus on every single match because I feel like everybody wants to beat us. Well, when you're the top seed... That's the way it goes. Nice problem. <laughs> and they're holding up their bargain, end of the bargain right now, as they advance to the final four. We'll take on the three seeds, and then we got the Japanese duo at the bottom. So three of the top four seeds advancing to the semifinals. Uh, more on the checks, Martina, because they're checks. Well, they won juniors <laughs> together. Now they're winning in seniors. And, uh, yeah, seniors. Seniors. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Not the champion series, but... Uh... But, yeah, they're really good friends. They, they split up for a little bit a couple of years ago, came back together, and uh, they, they just really know each other. They respect each other, and they know how to play doubles, that's for sure. Three majors together, Olympic gold together, but they haven't won Australian Open together. Looking for that, Lindsay. Yeah, it, they're the favorites to get through, but certainly Mertens and Kudermatova are going to give them all sorts of trouble at the semis. It's just something about I mean, the Bryan brothers had that, obviously, much different level. Twins and played together since they were just born. These two, though, they have the longest relationship in terms of playing, as Martina yeah. said, in the junior. So they already know kind of when the other one's going to poach or what shot they're most likely to hit. And so they kind of have this sixth sense out there. Gives them a huge advantage against almost every team. And they're a committed partnership. They're not you know, a couple bad matches and they're not looking over their shoulder, which, which sometimes, you know, it's like, uh, it's like swiping left. You know, it's like the dating scene sometimes. <laughs> a couple bad matches and one partner goes and looks Was for another partner. Is he pointing to me or you? I don't <laughs> know who he's pointing to. The, um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think the other thing, too, though, is the partnership contours have to have changed when one of the two players is now a top five singles player. So I give them credit for adjusting that affects yep. scheduling, that affects demands and off-court demands and sponsorships and interviews. I mean, they've stayed together, but when... Yep. One player decides to make a go of it in singles and is winning majors and is a fourth seed in this event. That that changes the dynamic, I no, would think. No, I think they're committed to each other. And uh, at, at one point, uh, Craig Chikova couldn't get into the main draw. She had to play qualifying, so some, some weeks they couldn't play together. Now it's the other way around, where Craig Chikova is the favorite on the single side. But she commits, and she know, you know she's going to play doubles no matter how far she goes in singles and vice versa. So it's, they're committed, and it shows. You know, It's paid off for him. It's like you and Pam back in the day. You know, yep. both top singles players and both sticking together in doubles. I don't, I don't, I don't think in my time, n nobody ever defaulted to save themselves for, for singles or didn't play doubles because they saved themselves for singles. Again, things are more physical these days, but uh, I think we, we were tougher. I think. <laughs> there was no bumble back then, John. 
No. You, could, you couldn't swipe right. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was no Tinder back then. You guys had to stay committed. And no ice baths. Just no ice baths either. <laughs> I don't know why you connected those two. Wait a second, shall we? All right, much more. CC Live in a moment. Don't go anywhere. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. TC Live at the Australian Open is brought to you in part by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and new customers can bet $1 and win $100 if any point is won. Plus, all customers can play for thousands every day in DraftKings free-to-play pools. Use code ACE and buy Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. And welcome back to TC Live. I'm Steve Weissman. He is known as the King of Clay, but Rafa Nadal is approaching hardcourt royalty. A win tomorrow would be his 500th on the surface, joining a club that only includes Federer, Djokovic, and Agassi. For more great stats like that, log on to Tennis.com, your online source for everything to follow our sport. Right now, Jordan Sanford has your quote of the day, and Steve Tigner has your three to see on day 11 of the Australian Open. For today's forecast, here's Fox Weather. Hey, everybody, I'm meteorologist Nick Coaster, and here's today's forecast for the Australian Open. Another hot one for the women's semifinals, a high of 86 degrees, and keep an eye out for some of those storms. Precise, personal, powerful. Go to foxweather.com to download the app and watch now. Thank you, Nick. Coming up, he is the Australian of the year, and he's a tennis player. We salute the absolute legend that is Dylan Alcott. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Back on TC Live, and when Novak Djokovic was going for the Grand Slam last year, Dylan Alcott was doing the same thing, only better. The Australian wheelchair tennis star had just won the Olympics and with a U.S. Open title, earned the Golden Slam, something no man had ever accomplished. Drink it in. John Wertheim has more. If we are to work on the assumption that all good things must end, brace yourself. 2022 could be the year of retirement in tennis. This, after all, is a sport with three towering stars north of age 40. A third who turns 36 in June. Down under, a native son and daughter have announced that the Australian Open will mark their ends. First, there's Sam Stosser, 
consistency of the kick serve, the muscled physique, and the U.S. Open title. And then there's Dylan Alcott, perhaps the most dominating player in recent times. Competing in the men's quad wheelchair division, he has won 15 majors and is, get this, the seven-time defending champion of the Australian Open. History for Dylan Alcott. Novak Djokovic may have narrowly missed the Grand Slam in 2021. Dylan Alcott did not. When he won the U.S. Open, it marked his fourth major of the year. That was in addition to taking Paralympic gold in Tokyo. You may recall that Alcott celebrated by doing this. That is incredible. What an achievement for Dylan Alcott. <laughs> if that isn't the most Aussie celebration I've ever seen. <laughs> and that's also part of Dylan Alcott's story. Here is an athlete known as much for his personality, his generosity of spirit, as for his trophies. In Australia, Alcott is a bona fide celebrity, flush with endorsement deals with McDonald's and with banks. And oh, also, he was part of the Australian gold medal Paralympic basketball team. In no small part because of Alcott's popularity, the wheelchair final will be a featured match in Rod Laver Arena, played potentially in front of 15,000 fans. Tennis changed my life, Alcott says. I owe it everything, and what better way to finish in my home city in front of big, big crowds after the year we've had? It's going to be incredible. Well, take a look at this. He is the seven-time defending Australian Open champ in quad wheelchair singles. He has won 15 major singles titles and eight more in doubles, ranked number one in the world, looking to go out on top. He is in the final today. He says, I love my disability. It's the best thing to happen to me. I love the person I am. Uh, Martina, as a goat in your own right, uh, I mean, this is as dominant as, as anyone has been in a single sport. Uh, it's 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 amazing, really. And he's such a personality. Never mind how well he plays tennis and how he said he changed his life, which is uh, which is amazing. But the way he brought the sport into the uh, spotlight, mm. not just in Australia, but around the world, and uh, his personality just shines through. I mean, he would have been a character no matter what, and he's embraced adversity mm. and and made it into a plus. And that's hard to do. So kudos to to uh, Dylan. You want a fun time on uh, YouTube? You want, you want a good YouTube search? Go look for Dylan Alcott crowd surf. He, he's at a concert and he's being passed around in his chair at, at a concert, uh, which gives you a sense of, you know, not just this guy's lust for life, but also the kind of popularity he has. And for the rest of the tournament, a, gr a grounds pass will get you onto Rod Laver Arena for the wheelchair events. That is in no small part because of Dylan Alcott. Yeah. He's only 31. We'll see what he does next. But, uh, I think we will see him in, in Newport at the Hall of Fame. It is well-deserved. And uh, it's, it's really, I mean, you go to Australia and it's Federer Nadal, Serena, Naomi Osaka, Dylan Alcott. I mean, he's every bit as popular as, as Nick Kyrgios, some of the other players, and it's, it's well-deserved. He's a rock star there. Rock star. And he was named Australian of the Year. First time in 60 years and the first time ever somebody with a visible disability was named Australian of the Year. Billie Jean King once said, you got to see it to be it, right? So, so what does he mean for representation? It's, uh, it's massive. First of all, Australian of the Year is the biggest honor you can get. And for him to surpass what, 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 what happened to him with such grace and such uh, humility, 
as well as such bravado uh, and bringing visibility to people with disabilities that, you know what, okay, so I can't walk, but watch what I can do. So he concentrates on the positives rather than negatives, and that's how we all should live our life, quite frankly. I hope people didn't gloss over what Steve said, too, with a quote that's always floored me. He said, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Why? It's made me who I am. I have a great life. What, what's not to like? So it's the winning. It's the Golden Slam. Next time you hear no man has ever won the Golden Slam, we'll, we'll know better. He's going for another title this weekend. Could be 16. But I think beyond that, the way he's really leaned into this, it's yeah. really it's just a, a remarkable right. exercise of perspective. Absolutely. 31 years old. Time on the court will end today. Will it be as a champion taking on Sam Schroeder in the final on Rod Laver Arena right in between the special case in Ash Barty, it's Dylan Alcott going for his eighth straight. And anyone with a grounds pass can get in there and watch. Which is fabulous. Looking forward to that. Uh, Dylan Alcott, absolute legend, will continue to motivate and inspire for all time. A lot still to get to here on TC Live. We've got our DraftKings match preview, a new parlay that I think Martina may like. We're going warm and fuzzy with Dennis Shapovalov. And some major predictions this year. Who's going to win their very first slam? Find out. Dylan Alcott going for number 16 just hours from now. Maybe he'll be drinking out of an even bigger cup. (laughs) Back on TC Live, the featured matches today. It is women's semifinal day. World number one, Ash Barty, taking on American Madison Keys, followed by Danielle Collins and Iga Fiontech. Keys and Collins, both looking for their first major titles this year. That is what we are talking about. Which women's player will win her first major title this season? Uh, there have been two new major champions on the women's side each of the past six years. And going back to 2015, at least one. So who's going to break through this year, win their first Grand Slam on the women's side? Uh, you probably should. I should, should have picked uh, either <laughs> either uh, Keys or, or Collins because they're in the semifinals. They're only two <laughs> matches from winning their first one. But overall, I went for Paula Badosa uh, because of her, her improvement last year and, uh, and how, she's played, uh, how she's played. Although she had a really iffy Australian Open, overall, I still think that she's got, she's got the game. Which one? What... Uh... Which major you Which see her major? break? I, I, you know, I think she can win on anything. I mean, she grew up on clay, but she's got a nice game for hard courts, obviously. winning win, So she could win the US Open. Uh, maybe this court was a little too fast for her, and she's a good athlete, which pays off on grass. So I think she, she's got a good game for any of those surfaces. I think also the heat got to her here, what we were talking about earlier in the show. Struggled. Should it be she about struggled. the heat, the weather? Tennis. Sabalenka would be my second pick. Okay. What do you got? I went Coco Gauff. Yeah, I think, well, we've talked about her for a lot of years, but she has the ability to get her level so high. And I don't think the biggest jump has happened yet. But Dosa made a huge jump last year in her ability and her level. I think a similar jump is coming for Coco pretty soon. I think she's also in Florida thinking watching this Australian Open didn't have a good tournament, but I want to have one Mm. watching who's play how this is playing out. She is going to have this big jump of improvement. I think it's going to come this year, and, and I think it's going to happen for her. Lindsay. It's a good call. 17 years old. She just lost the first round. Really? You think she's the first <laughs> one to come? <laughs> Are you trying to say I'm wrong? I'm, she's no, no, so I'm not, no, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I, mean, I, I think, we, look, we all coming. love Coco. We all think it's coming eventually, but you, 
Next one to break through. Could be this year. I think it's wow. coming this Why year. Why not this year? Yeah. Why not? There's been two every year for the past six years. So why can't Coco take one of those spots? We, I mean, we, we are if coming. If Emma Raducanu exactly. can do it, yeah. which major? I'll go with John's wow. Which major for yeah. Coco? I think uh, I, not Wimbledon. I think that one might be a little tough with the forehand grip, but I think she can win on clay. She played some of her best tournament, won a title on it. But also at one at one point, also the U.S. Open, because that crowd is going to yeah, be behind right. her more than anyone else. That's going to help her. And if not this year, then pr- it's pretty coming. for sure the, the year after. That jump is coming, yep. as, as Lisa said. Yep. All right, we got Bedosa, we've got Coco Goff, oh. Arena Sabalenka is like one, one B, it's one A. Only that second player in the world. <laughs> keys pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Do I get oh, a one yeah. B? So you're, you're one B is keys, great. Yes. We're just, that's, what, that's, that's where I was nudging you. Oh, I, I, gotta, I mean, you know, I'm cheating. I've got a player who's already five-sevenths <laughs> of the way there in, uh, in Madison Keys and only needs two more sets, I mean, four more sets to take. But I also feel like, look, she, she's played deep into majors before. She's been in the final of a major. We all know about the power. I mean... To me, boy, um, I think it's uh, this tournament has shown you what she's capable of. She'll build on it regardless of how the next 48 hours go. I, I really am very bullish on uh, on Madison Keys. It could be off of the board, right? Because last year it was Krejcikova and Raducanu. Yep. And I don't know if we would have had this conversation well, at the Australian Open. Anybody would have picked the two of them. What about yeah. Leila Fernandez, somebody who has already made a final? I don't think it's going to well, happen, yeah. but... Yeah, I mean, I think that U.S. Open final was sort of the, the exception that proves the rule. I mean, I think it was great. It was great entertainment. But I think what's happened subsequent sort of reinforces how wild it was. What about the other end, though? What about the, the Pliskovas who've been to finals right. or really? Yeah, I, right. Pliskova, <laughs> it, it could be that her time has come and gone. I, I don't know. I've been picking her so many times, I'm just not going to pick her this time, that's right. for sure. <laughs> so now she'll win. She yeah. is the best player, not yeah. to have won the major yeah. so far, by far. Um, Most accomplished. Hopefully right. she yeah. won't stay that way, but, yeah, I wouldn't pick her. Yeah, not now. All right, let's flip it to the men. Uh, team Medvedev, past two years, okay. have broken through. Before that, it was Chilich back in 2014. But now we're starting to see a breakthrough once a year. Lindsay, who is your guy to win his first major title in 2022? Well, I'm going to take a tip off a of jaw and pick yeah. someone who's already five-sevenths yes. of the way there. And I'm going Sitsipas, exactly. With his game and how he's able to play on all surfaces, I think it's going to actually happen here in Australia. Love the way he looked in the quarters against Sinner. Uh, tough, tough challenge up ahead, taking, having to play Medvedev and then either not Rafa or Berrettini. Maybe it's here, but it, it's coming. He's a complete player. He's very focused on, on getting that Grand Slam title, and I, and I like my choice. I like five-sevenths. I mean, yep. you only need <laughs> two more. <laughs> so do you think, both of you guys, do you think getting to a final, especially the way he did it, he was, he was a set away from not being part of this conversation. Yep. Is that a hindrance or is that a help? Help. You think? Big help. And that's why I am picking Berrettini. Because yeah. he got to the final set Wimbledon, and he, he could have won that match, and he knows that. So, again, we're talking good losses, bad losses. That was a good loss mm. for him because he realized he can win big, and he's, and he's got it going here. Nice bicep there. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, but even without him, if he hadn't been in the, in the semis here, I would still pick him because, he, again, I think he can win, particularly on the, on the grass or, or, or on, the, on, uh, on the hard court. So, yeah, Berrettini is my pick. You guys are in the 5 sevenths club. Yep. Mm-hmm. 70% of the way there. I said Casper um, Root. <laughs> no, I had to think about it because I, I did not take the easy way out on this one. I, I made it a little bit challenging, and I'm going with a guy who has not played deep into a major. The major he's most likely to win, I think, is probably the French, and he hasn't even made the fourth round. But I, there's so much to like here. 
Casper Mattress. Um, he's number eight in the world. Didn't get to play Australia, unfortunately, because of an injury. But I just think part, part of this is just kind of playing the odds. And he's got a lot of draws, young player. But I really like his game. Didn't you pick Zverev before this tournament? No. You thought he'd win here, but not any of the other three? I, I'm really, I mean, Zverev, okay. best of five, is a different player from mm. Zverev. Just a three. And I thought he might have, you know, the biggest fool's gold in tennis, by the way, the ATP finals. Go back and look at how the winners then acquitted themselves in the subsequent slam of the subsequent year. Complete (laughs) fool's gold. Um, Zverev is a separate conversation, but I'm I'm off the Zverev. I'm I'm off. I want to have that conversation. You say Casper Masters. I think we're sleeping on Sasha Zverev. Uh, This is what doesn't make any sense to me. You should play better three out of five than two out of three because it takes the pressure Mm -hmm. off. You have more you know, more room for error. And the other guy has to play yeah. amazingly well to beat you. So two out of three, Sasha plays so well and so poorly three out of five, it should be the other way around. So I don't know if he can solve that riddle because it makes no sense to me. He's been to a major final. He arguably should have won the U.S. Open over Dominic Team. Yeah. Got tight. Could have, could have, right. could have. Yep. So... You think that, but you he also didn't. you're like no, nope. but I didn't pick him to win this tournament. I was just saying that. <laughs> so we're off the push. We're, we're off the we're ragging. Ragging. me out. What are your two? Yep. Uh, I would go Zverev, and then I would go Madison Keys. There you go. All right. Okay. So All right. that's where we're going. By the way, Rafa semifinals means that one of the big three has made the Final Four in 70 of the past 71 majors. Oh. Yep. So they're yeah, still they're still chugging and, along. Uh, I'll put 2020 U.S. Open, two yeah. of the three didn't post, and the other one hit a line judge with a ball. So that's, <laughs> we will count 71 that. out of 70. Yeah. yeah. What a Absolutely. great lineup, though, the men's semis. Yeah. Best possible once Novak was out of the tournament. There will be a new champion on both courses. Andy? I think. Uh, that's Andy Roddick. Come yeah, on. he's using uh, some new technology. We'll tell you all about it next. 141. And welcome back to TC Live, presented by Geico. Swing Vision is the official shot tracking app of Tennis Australia. It's the app that gives you video analysis and line challenges from your smartphone. Pretty incredible stuff, and I am so happy to be joined by Swapnil Sahai, the CEO of Swing Vision. Swapnil, uh, great to have you here on TC Live. Your resume is actually online. I- I've checked it out. I mean, the school, Columbia, Cal Berkeley, before Swing Vision, you're at Tesla. Very smart guy. How did you come up with Swing Vision? I mean, it's crazy. So, I mean, I'm a lifelong tennis player, and then, yeah, as you said, I was at Tesla, so I was working in autonomous driving there basically working on tracking all the cars and pedestrians around the Teslas using artificial intelligence. And it was pretty funny. We actually had these weekly meetings with uh, Elon Musk, the CEO. You might have heard of him. <laughs> and so there was a, this meeting where basically I was like, hey, like, can we add radar sensors to the cars? That would really make my life a lot easier. As you know, radar is used to track the ball speed in the professional tennis matches. Um, and so Elon was basically like, well, do humans have radar? I was like, no. And he's like, they drive, right? I was like, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and so that basically kind of made me realize, like, you know, just keep it simple. And you should be able to use an iPhone to be able to, you know, call the lines. Why not? You know, if I can watch a video of your match in slow motion and tell what's happening, I should be able to automate it. And that's what we did. So basically with this app, you with just one phone, you put it on the court and, and you get line calling for the entire court. Yeah, it's crazy. So you, you basically put it behind the baseline. So the angle looks really similar to what you see in like a broadcast match. Um, but, you know, essentially it's capturing video at a higher frame rate than what a human sees. So typically humans see at about 24 to 30 frames per second. 
Um, you know, the modern iPhones can do much more than that. And so for our artificial intelligence, it's basically like watching your match in slow motion. So Lion Kong is like a piece of cake, essentially. All right, Swap Nil. So you already name-dropped Elon Musk. You also have some pretty cool tennis friends, Andy Roddick and James Blake. They're investors in Swing Vision. How did you get in contact with, with Andy and James? Yeah, it's pretty funny. So um, a friend of mine went up doing pro, gave me the intro to James. So I went down, met him, convinced him to join the company. And then we were trying to find one more person. So he invited me out to Texas in an EXO event. So I'm there in the locker room with him, and then Annie Roddick walks in, and Jim Career, and then um, John McEnroe. So I got to meet all of them. It was really, really crazy. And uh, Andy asked all the tough questions. He seemed the most interested. And it was pretty, pretty funny. At the end of the night, he actually couldn't find his iPhone. And so James tried to call it, but it was on silent. And so we were kind of panicking. He had to catch a flight. So I was like, hey, if you sign into iCloud on my laptop, I can play a sound on your phone, even though it's on silent. And Andy was, like, shocked. But he tried it anyway. I played the sound. He found his phone. And then he actually came up to me, and he's like, are you on Venmo? I'll Venmo you 50000 right now. It's, <laughs> it's so funny. So. <laughs> <laughs> he Venmoed you $50,000 for finding his iPhone? No, no, I mean, he didn't literally do that, but you know how Andy is, it's just, it's his humor, and um, I'm sure he thought about it a little bit, a little bit harder than that, but eventually did end up investing, and he's been so great, both of them, I mean, they're just so, so brilliant, and so enthusiastic, and have been very generous with their energy and their time to support Swing Vision, so we're, we're super lucky. That, that's awesome, Swapnil. So, so what's next for Swing Vision? I mean, obviously, you're the, the official app of Tennis Australia, the LTA in the UK, uh, what's the next step? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, we're really trying to bring this Grand Slam experience to all players, right? So we've done that with data. We've done that with video analysis. Next up is officiating. So as you said, we can do line challenges, but we want to move towards electronic line calling, almost like Hawkeye Live on any court in the world. And then, you know, on the coaching side, we want to be able to actually provide real-time feedback for you so you can essentially have a coach with you no matter where you go. Um, and then on the broadcasting side, you know, why shouldn't anybody be able to just stream their match on any court and, you know, make money off of sponsorship? So I mean, we're really trying to dem- democratize the professional experience for basically all players. And we're, we're kind of full steam ahead on that path. Well, it sounds amazing. Uh, I can't wait to check it out. If you need an angel investor for your, for your next big project, Swapnil, <laughs> hit me up. Uh, Swapnil Sahai, the CEO of Swing Vision. Appreciate taking some time here on TC Live and having us uh, gain some more knowledge about what Swing Vision's all about. For sure. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Swing Vision, the official shot tracking app of Tennis Australia. Much more TC Live after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back on TC Live. Great to have you with us. We'll be back with you tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern. And we've got our encore coverage here on Tennis Channel with Brett and Paul at 8 a.m. Eastern. Time now for our DraftKings Sportsbook match preview. Taking a look at Ash Barty and Madison Keys. Uh, John, right now, Ash Barty, heavy favorite to win this one. Also, uh, favorite to go under two and a half sets. So, favorite to be a straight set match. Yeah, I mean, you know, number one seed, and she's 
barely dropping games. Not surprising she's the favorite. That seems awfully high and generous. Also factoring in Aussie player. This is uh, one round where she's had trouble in the past. It's not a great matchup for her. I mean, I think the, the slice can trouble Madison, but I think the power of Madison can be unanswerable. Uh, I'd be willing to take those odds on Madison. Yeah. Why not? I think it may go three because Ash Barty has played well, but she has not been tested. Uh, sometimes I would almost rather play lousy and win and keep building and come through tougher matches than play well and not be stressed at all. And then you get to three all in the first set. You haven't been there the whole tournament. And it may, that's when the nerves may come in as well because she hasn't been tested and, and she has not done, Ash has not done well in those semifinals before. But that slice, I think it's going to give Maddie fits. I, I do think that. So you got the Barty slice on what side. What part of Maddie's game is most important for her to be successful? Uh, I say second serve. Mm. And it sounds weird, but if, if she can have that percentage of second serve points one up pretty high, that's going to help her because that is probably if they, they look into it, if you're on Team Barty, you're looking to really make inroads on that second serve. Okay, Ash, look for your forehand. Madison's got to mix up her locations. She's got to be able to hold, keep her honest. You're going to have to hit some second serves to the forehand, not kicking to the backhand, or Barty's going to try and run around it. The ground strokes have been there for Maddie. They've got to obviously be there tonight, but she has to be able to hold her serve when she steps to the line almost every time. First serve's going to be fine. If yeah. she gets her first serve in, she's going to be just fine. Right. She's got to win her second serve points. I agree with that. I think uh, Ash Barty is is the best on on the women's tour in backing up her first serve and and holding serve. So the pressure is on 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 Madison. But at the same time, Madison can hit winners off that second serve off a of Barty serve easier, I think, than the other way around. But she the pressure is more on on Ash. I mean, on on Madison to hold serve. So I think that second serve. You said something really interesting the other day. I thought where you said usually you like the player who's. Ceiling is higher. If they're both playing their best, who's the better player? I think this is really interesting. I mean, Madison Keys at her, you know this. I mean, Madison, Keys, Madison Keys at her best is not just, I mean, just yeah. unplayable. Who do you think, if both are 100%, who's better? Well, I was going to say, but can Maddie play her best against that That's... playing style? That's what concerns me. No one plays like Barty. No one's able to kind of maneuver the ball around with that slice. For Madison, it's much harder. Martina said this the other day to get a clean strike when the ball's at your ankle height. And it's, so it's going to depend on how is Barty slicing? Is she moving Maddie around? Because Maddie's not going to get a clean hit. So the, the best, probably Madison, but can Madison play her best against Barty? Key's 100% is better than Barty's 100%, but at 80%, Barty's better, and it's a lot easier to get to that 80%. Right. Than, than, right. And again, how does she handle that low ball? Is she hitting low, low, low backhands? Is she going to slice it? Or is she going to try to run around and hit that forehand? I don't think she's fast enough for that. So, yeah, she's got more problem solving to do than, uh, than Ash. All right, let me ask you another one. Yeah. 1978. <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of history. I mean, you know, it's almost a quarter. It's almost a half century since we've had an Aussie winner. How much... Does the weight that comes with that, uh, how much is that a factor? Well, it's more so now for Ash because she's actually the favorite to win the tournament. But it mm -hmm. hasn't been done by an Australian. That's why she may be better off if, if this Aussie Open was played in Japan or something like that. But uh, still, it's, again, nice problem to have. Uh, so, yes, she's a favorite. But if she loses to, to Madison Keys, hey, Madison can beat anybody on a given day. So this is not, she's not that much of an overwhelming, overwhelming favorite. But it's yeah. been a long time. It definitely... Is in the back of her good, mind. Good, good match, though. Good, good yeah. contrast. Good. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't Fabulous. ask for much more. Yeah. 1980, the last time an Aussie made the final on the women's side as well. So 
Madison needs to be proactive, not reactive. Uh, we are reacting to what happened yesterday on the parlay. We were not buying it, and uh, we were right. I was close to buying it, remember? Okay. Well, glad yeah. you didn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm very glad I did not. Medvedev pushed to five. I mean, I, they all had to win in straights, and Danielle was the only one who came through. The straight set yeah. is, uh, that's sort of the big caveat, right? Especially at this stage of the tournament. Exactly. You expect with... really competitive matches. Right. Well, that's why today's DraftKings Sportsbook Daily Special gives us a little more money on the line. $100 okay. to get you 1125 So you got to get the two Americans to both win straight sets, Lindsay. Oh, wow. Ooh. Oh, wow. I might take that for 1125 yeah. But Madison is so un, uh, total. Uh, not fa- she's not favored over. She's not. Marty, that's why. So that's, that's why, why the parlay doubled. Yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't take that one either. For, for, for eleven hundred bucks. Yeah. That's Good pay. Ten close, times your money. Eleven times your money. This would be. This would be the one. If I was b- gonna bet on any parlay, yeah. this would be the one to pick. Lenses. Right. Those are the odds. Right. Right. Well, and, you, and you think Madison greater chance to win in straights than three? Did I? I'm asking. Oh, oh, oh. rhetorically. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I agree with that. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> and we were, uh, and you know, and Ego was out there for more than three hours yeah. and clearly was looking flush and then unfresh. I mean, I, I take that. That's yeah. That's yeah, 11, that's 11. So that's basically $100 to an $1,100. Yeah. But we're not saying Sold. necessarily that's, that's going to happen. No, no, no. With no. those but odds. With those odds. Yeah. 11 it's, worth it's worth it. the yeah. chance. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's a big hitter's court. Exactly. Yeah. All right. We're in. Yes. Right? Can't <laughs> wait for tomorrow. <laughs> we'll do this, uh, coll- collectively, we're in on that, right? Yeah. Not one of these parlays. So $400 to win whatever that is no, times. I was going to say we each chip in 25 but all right. You're, uh, <laughs> no, we're, we're big bucks, John. Come on. We know your day rate. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers can bet a dollar to win $100 if any point is won. Not in a sportsbook state? Well, download any of the apps. Play for thousands every day at DraftKings free-to-play pools. Use the code ACE when you sign up. And even for all of our New York residents, where DraftKings Sportsbook is now available. Still to come on the show, who is sitting down on the warm and fuzzy set? It is none other than Canadian superstar Dennis Shapovalov. We are previewing those semifinals. The great analysis from Martina, Lindsay, and John. And an update on Kana Shikori. Fans may not want to hear. Stay with us. Back on TC Live, it is time for our Geico 15-second news update. The special K's back in action. Nick Kyrgios, Tanasi, Kakanakis looking to make the finals in doubles. And how about Daniil Medvedev? First player all-tournament. To come back from two sets to love down, second time in his career. And Danielle Collins back in the semifinals at the Australian Open for the second time. Well, his favorite character on The Office is Dwight. But instead of Bears, Beats, and Battlestar Galactica, Denis Shapovalov prefers Wolves, Rap Beats, and Battling Tennis Stars. Welcome into The Office we call Warm and Fuzzy. It goes without saying you're Canadian, so you're a hockey nut. Yep. Do you wish you were a hockey player instead of a tennis player? Sometimes I do. Sometimes Why? just, you know, being on a team, first of all, I think sometimes it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It would feel pretty awesome to be on a team. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I'm like, no, it's better to just do it alone. You know, w- once you're really feeling it, I mean, you can be an unbelievable player. But if you're not on a great team, you know, you're not going to win the cup. So 
there's there's definitely pluses and minuses to it. It's always annoying on a team sport when you're like doing all this work and you're doing great and you pass the puck to somebody and they miss. Exactly. Come yeah, on, bro. That, that would suck. I would be rattled. <laughs> Sounds like it could be doubles. Uh, we got so many of these warm and fuzzy interviews with all of your favorite players. Head to Tennis Channel's website and the Tennis Channel app to check them out. When we come back, our top storylines. Women's semifinals day at the Australian Open. Martina, Lindsay, John, Steve, back on TC Live, presented by Geico. Taking a look at our daily schedule. We are back with you at 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. The women's semifinals, 3.30 a.m. Eastern, right in the middle of the night on ESPN or 12.30 a.m. Eastern on the West Coast. And you can catch, of course, all of the encores tomorrow morning here on Tennis Channel. Stefano Tsitsipas looking to make his third semifinal at the Aussie Open. Yannick Sinner going for his first. Martina, the Greek star, had never lost in a major quarterfinal. He kept that streak going. And he didn't lose yesterday either. He came up firing with that forehand, really overpowered Yannick Sinner from the get-go, getting the ball away from Sinner, coming in beautifully. And it really showed just the power of Tsitsipas' overpowered Sinner. Sinner never saw a break point, never got to that. On the other hand, Tsitsipas was 4-4-4. Just kept pushing Sinner behind the baseline. Sinner likes to take the ball early, and he had a hard time handling it. We saw some rain. They ended up closing the roof. Cold got pretty wet before they could close the roof. But uh, when when uh, play resumed, same end result. Tsitsipas just playing really, really solid. You can see the shed, shadows on the court now. But Yannick uh, Sinner li- likes to take the ball early, like I said, but he couldn't handle the pace of Tsitsipas. He made too many errors. And Tsitsipas just uh, really dictated the whole way through. Never, I guess, like I said, never saw a break point. And that's devastating for somebody like Sinner, who breaks quite a bit. Couldn't do it yesterday. And Tsitsipas in the first semifinal here. Well, remember, Sinner was the betting favorite heading into this match. And Tsitsipas, real beatdown in straight sets. Tweeted after the match, it's the faith that makes you stronger. The only way you get there is one step at a time. He is one step closer to a final. Now, there had been a narrative that we were talking about about his recent elbow surgery, right? Uh, I feel like you throw that out the door. We'll stop talking about that and start talking about Sissipas as a true contender for the title here. Absolutely. He was the one who announced from his hospital bed, oh, I've had an elbow procedure, but I'm going to go to Australia. We all thought he was crazy. What did we know? And also at the ATP Cup, he wasn't ready to play right off the bat, so we thought maybe the elbow wasn't ready. But he's played his way into this tournament Everybody was thinking that Sinner and his ground strokes, those powerful ground strokes, were going to give Sitsipas all sorts of problems. He was ready for it. He was way more energetic in the beginning of the match. He used his own power. And Sitsipas has an advantage against a lot of these players when he's on from the baseline. He also has that variety to be able to come to net and finish off points. And he was comfortable taking short balls in. He served and volleyed a few. And, and it was amazing to see Sinner was never comfortable ripping his ground strokes from the back of the court. Great game plan from Sitsipas. That had some get-off-my-fast-indoor-court energy. You don't think Sitsipas knew that he was the underdog against, against this 20-year-old kid who hadn't uh, achieved what he had at majors, I think that elbow injury was kind of a disguised blessing between all the craziness of the first two weeks of the year and Sissipots and the injury. Remember, Mark Petrie said he was getting his rackets restrung with gut to give himself some extra cushion with the elbow. 
expectations pretty low. The guy had reached semis two times in the last three years, and we weren't talking about him much. I think that may have really helped him just kind of snake through, and now he's in the round of four again. Also playing half and half. I, pl- I tried to do all nylon, and I just didn't feel the ball. And also my elbows started hurting as much as I played. But with the gut, you feel like the ball stays on the racket longer, and you get better feel for the shot. He's flattened his ground strokes, less, less uh, topspin on, on, over the net. But I think that's a good thing, and the ball gets there faster. And he, again, I think he's such a field player. Maybe he can feel better now with these mm. sprint jobs. Now, with Yannick Sinner losing, first major since 2013 that we do not have a first-time semifinalist on the men's Ooh. or women's side. Felix Ojeali-Sim, however, looking to make the semifinals for the first time in Australia. Hadn't done that before. Taking on last year's runner-up, Daniil Medvedev. John, the Russian just beat FAA Love and four a few weeks ago. This was a very different story. Yeah, four love. So the last set they played was six love to the other guy. And this was really peak Felix. We talk about his maturation. We talk about these processes, this gradual getting better. And we saw it for the first 90 minutes or so. This was taking the first set in a breaker. Controlled aggression, hitting really hard, dictating play against a guy who's hard to dictate. Look how much he's making that pass by. Before the match, 79% to Medvedev. There was one point in this match where it was more than 90% likelihood of Felix. This is Medvedev clawing back. You know, we haven't had a player recover from a love two set deficit this entire tournament. Match point for Felix. Ooh, that's a good serve. Guess T went wide. That was pretty clutch because. Medvedev would finish out. Look at that. I don't necessarily think of him as a guy with great hands at the net. That was some first great volleying. A bad guess by Felix on a very big point. We would go to a fifth set and just a couple of points here and there. Again with the volleys. Medvedev, one break point. He converted it. Felix had three and could not. This is match point here. Four hours, 42 minutes. Big win, great match. Now, just the second time in Medvedev's career, he's come back from two sets to love down. He's moving on, but Felix still feels good. I'm gonna, you know, leave Australia with with my my head um, held high, and I'm gonna, you know, go into the rest of the season, you know, knowing that I can play well. I can play well against the best uh, the players in the world. What goes through your mind at two sets to love? What tactical changes, if any, did you feel like you needed to make? I didn't really know what to do, so I was like, uh, actually, yeah, I don't know if people are going to like it, but I told myself uh, what Novak would do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The old Robert Novak do play. And you know, uh, what, what, what came to my mind was that because he's, he's one of the greatest champions, or Rafa or Roger, to be honest. They sure. won so many matches like this. Um, and I just thought, okay, I'm going to make him work. If he, if, he wa- if he wants to win it, he needs to, you know, uh, fight till the last point. Even if it's 5-0 for the love for him, I'm going to try to make him tired for the next match, you know. Uh, just, you know, fight uh, till the last point. WWND, what would Novak do? <laughs> Didn't get a great reaction from the crowd there. Added Roger and Rafa, got, got some cheers back. So it, it's a rematch, Tsitsipas and Medvedev in the semifinals, and then Berrettini against Nadal in the top half. 
Martina, when you think about surviving a test like that, coming back from down two sets to love, what kind of confidence does that give Daniil Medvedev going forward now? Not just coming back from two sets to love, but he was down in three different service games, six breakpoints altogether. Felix really should have won this match, didn't, but as Felix said, hold your head high. But Medvedev bought an escape, and again, mentally, he kept it together. Funny that he would admit to see what the <laughs> other players might do because he's a Grand Slam champion now too. But yeah, it's funny where you can draw your inspiration from and, and he hung in there. So physically, this was not a plus for him, but emotionally a big plus, I think. Yeah, it was, it was amazing to see that fight. I mean, we've talked about Medvedev this tournament. He's faced players with different playing styles. He had to play Kyrgios in Australia. Not easy to do. He played the serve and volley or Cressy. Here, a different challenge against Ojeh Ali Asim. And to be able to find that extra gear so huge, you're always going to have a, a match, maybe two in the majors, where you're going to have to fight hard to get through it. Maybe you're not playing your best. It's great to see Medvedev do it. I wonder, with Sitsipas getting through so comfortably and Medvedev having to play four and a half so hours, does that affect Friday's semifinal? Maybe give a little edge to Sitsipas, but Medvedev looked pretty fresh in that interview. I was yeah. impressed yeah. after four and a half hours and five sets. Jim looked pretty good, too, i got to say. Yeah, but, uh, no, I, I think Medvedev is very hard not to like. I mean, he's sort of, we, we all remember the, the breakthrough at the U.S. Open. He sort of played the WW heel. He's, he's very honest. He's, his game has all sorts of sort of subtle flair. I want to go back to what he said, though. I, I thought that was a bit of a tell to reference an active player as the source of your inspiration. Um, ever seen that before? No, but I, I don't know how many times he's been down two sets to love and feels like he should win a tournament, right? I mean, who, who's right. his contemporary the most? He said Novak. He was a little bit – he was watched Novak the last eight years. But I think that just goes to show the respect, right, of these top players they have with each other, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe. I mean, why not? I mean, if you're going to draw inspiration from anybody, a 20-time major champion would probably be a good good place to start. I did think the fan reaction was uh, well, was rather telling. Well, but, we know, yeah, uh, exactly. We know what they would have done had Novak actually played the tournament. But uh, yeah, great, uh, great, great respect shown by uh, Medvedev. But no fear, and that's yeah. how it should be. And, and I think he knew how the crowd was going to react there. as well, and that's. Well, it, it makes him so likable, in, in, in my opinion, as well. Yeah. They're not saying rune, but uh, no, I was, it was funny how Medvedev sort of anticipated that. But uh, anyway, it was good, good theater, good theater after the match as well. All right, let's get to the women now. Danielle Collins taking on Alize Cornet. Collins trying to make it two Americans in the Final Four and make her second career semifinal here. Cornet, remember, Martina, after 63 majors, this is her first ever quarterfinal at a Grand Slam. And, and she's been taped up on both her thighs, got through some really, really tough matches, particularly the last one uh, against Halep. This, again, played in the heat of the day, but uh, uh, Danielle Collins just came out, played really, really solid, again, forcing some errors from Cornet, and once she won that first set, she relaxed. Daniel Collins dominating when she got her first serve and winning 90% of the points, which then enables her to go for more on the opponent's serve, and she wrapped it up nicely in the second set. 28 winners to Cornet's 11, and Collins talking about a heavy workload. I mean, I definitely had to take some time to recover, especially after, you know, a few days of singles and doubles back-to-back, and so consulting with the medical team and having the physical therapist to assist me in uh, recovering and making sure I got what I needed uh, to feel my best. Um, so, yeah, very grateful for having that staff here and, and people that are so knowledgeable and um, experts in their field. 
Great to see her a couple years later you know, back in the same place. What was your big takeaway from this match? I thought the, the quality was very high, and especially from Collins. I was really struck by something Alizé Cornet said after the match. And mm-hmm. She said, I give my utmost respect to Grand Slam champions because this is a quarterfinal, and I feel like I've been here forever. <laughs> like The tournament, <laughs> it's so hard to play your best over a two-week period. And here she was in a quarterfinal on Wednesday, and she was blown away, really, that there were still four to five more days still left in the tournament to yeah. play well. Really goes to show how hard it is to win these majors. Every day you've got to be as close to your best as possible, and Cornet really realizing that in this deep run. I think it's a great point. The ritual excellence of players like uh, my, my two colleagues on set, but like Roger and Rafa and Nova, I mean, to get to the latter ends of majors... So routinely, we see one bad day at the office and so many players are, are on planes home. We shouldn't take it for granted when you have this kind of consistency. Cornet, though, also talked about inhumane conditions. No. Um, she did not look especially fresh. And uh, this was a bit, the other side of the net between Madison Keys and Daniel Collins. Yeah. Good advertisement for training in Florida. Yeah. But um, <laughs> for sure. this, this did seem to be a match that lagged a little because of the conditions. Yep. 31 and 7 since July, Danielle Collins. So I mean, good. She, she has, since having that surgery, which she talked about, because when she played Iga Sviantek last year and had to retire from that match, was in pain, mm-hmm. utter pain. They didn't know at the time what right. was wrong. And that was a big problem, not knowing the problem, right? Yeah. That was the problem. And now she got the surgery, has fixed it, and she's on fire. Yeah, we know what it feels like when uh, it's a heavy, heavy flow, uh, and she had really much bigger issues than that. And, uh, it, again, kudos to her for talking about it, dealing with it. And it's real. And uh, now look at the results. 31-7, she must feel so relieved by, uh, by the resolution. And, of course, the results are phenomenal. Can get to 10 in the world. Uh, it's ITA kickoff weekend. College tennis, right? So Danielle Collins, two-time NCAA yeah. champion at UVA. We were researching who, who's the highest-ranked player who played college tennis on the women's side. Mark and you came up with well, my old teammate from the Cleveland Nets, Wendy Overton, uh, played for Rollins. I always remember her being introduced from <laughs> Rollins College. <laughs> Wendy Overton, she was ranked f- as high four. as four, which I didn't yeah. realize she was that high, but I thought she was top ten, so kudos to Wendy. Yeah, Kathy Good. Jordan got to five, played at Stanford for a little while as well. But, Danielle uh, could be a ten. She, yeah, she right. could be a ten. Yeah. First time in decades that a, a college tennis player gets to top ten on the women's side. And she's not done yet. Not yeah. done yet, not at all. Uh, the, the Estonian that we expect in the quarters, probably Annette Contivate, but uh, something about Kaya Kanepi at majors. Nine of her 14 top ten wins have come at Grand Slams. Could she get another against Iga Sviantek, Lindsay? Uh, Kanepi started off this match so well. We talked about how hot these conditions were, and she was using her hard ground strokes in that first set. Tons of credit to Sviantek, who was able to turn the tide early in the second set. Got off to a 4-1 lead before Kanepi started to come back, but it was the tiebreak where Sviantek was able to cut out her unforced errors, really start to wear Kanepi out. The shot selection of Kanepi started to go down as she started to get a bit fatigued, but overall, an amazing tournament for the Estonian. She was moving better than ever, hitting her ground strokes, but Sviantek has shown a side of her this Australian Open. We haven't seen that big fight, and... This, if you see a better match point in Grand Slam match, let me know, because this was Iga Sviantek at her best. Look <laughs> where she's at for this one. And look at the slide on this forehand. That's ridiculous. You know, you, it's impossible to slide like that on her face. Here she is. Stay in it. The hustle, the effort. I mean, absolutely amazing. Love that reaction from Iga Sviantek. 
said, I'm proud of myself for being able to find solutions and actually think more on court what to change because that wasn't clear for me earlier on. Take a look at the semifinals. Barty and Keys, Colin Sviantek. Those matches are coming up tonight. Sviantek now 3-0 in three-set matches at slams when she loses the first set. She has found the ability at the biggest moments to raise her game to another level. Exactly. And once she won the French Open, she never lost a set. So she was always ahead. Like the toughest set was 6-4 once. So she, it was kind of almost too easy. And she's become a fighter now. She has had to believe in herself and has backed up that, uh, that French Open win. And here she is, one of the best fighters on the tour. Totally different skill set. Totally. I mean, people will say, well, this is 18 months ago. She won a major. Now she's back in the semi. It's a completely different mentality. We saw that match point, I think, was symbolic. It's about defense. It's about grinding. She's not just clubbing her way through straight set matches at this tournament, but here she is two matches away from winning a second major. Yeah, also figuring out ways to win because there was a lot going on in that match. Mm -hmm. At times, her forehand was off. She's got that extreme grip, and Kanepi was pounding that side. She was misfiring. She started to find her range, though. She was upset about her rackets and the tension they were at. But it was amazing to see her pull it all together in that third set. A huge win, but it was three hours Mm. and one minute. And to come back again the very next day now against Collins, much shorter match. Collins is definitely going to be a little fresher. I I don't know. I think this is a great opportunity for Collins. Schwantek did an amazing job getting through that. I wonder what she has left in the tank for this semifinal today. And I wonder why it's baked into the schedule that half the draw, the quarters and semis are back-to-back. You have a day off between every single match, and now you have to go back-to-back when some of the men get two days between the quarters and the semis. It makes no sense. Agreed. Thank you. That that does not make sense. (laughs) And this in the most important moment as well. We'll see what happens. Looking forward to those matches coming up later tonight. When we come back, the always popular double segment. After a loss in singles, can Barbora Krejcikova keeps her hopes alive with Katarina Siniakova? Find out next. Davenport, Navratilova, Wertham, Weissman, it's TC Live presented by Geico. And we've got Rajiv Ram and Joe Salisbury looking for their second straight major title together, taking on the 2015 Australian Open champs. You know him, Fabio Fonini and Simone Bolelli, John. Yes, surprisingly lopsided for two accomplished doubles teams. Ram and Salisbury, University of Illinois, and Memphis. Down the river, down the Mississippi. A very nice doubles team. They won this title two Years ago when they were terrific yesterday. I've kind of gotten addicted to these doubles winners and error stats. Just yeah. They're so absurd. 17, can this be right? 17 winners, one error for the team? Um, we all love doubles. And uh, one reason is because of the shot making. That's a very nice, easier win than you might have thought. But uh, they're moving on. They're the 2020 champs. Is, is that how you saw unforced errors and, well, and winners it, and doubles? Isn't it so with if your opponent, if one of them's at the net, it's considered a forced error exactly. because yeah, right, someone's right. there. So it, and even if you're yeah. sitting there with a sitter pass and right. miss it, they still call it a forced error. Yeah. I hate those. It's pets. a little missing. I don't, yeah, I don't buy the doubles. But, yeah. but really in doubles, you do have very few unforced errors because it's either a double fault or a sitter volley. Right. So, but <laughs> oh, the, some, the ones some that are counted as an unforced. Some of them yeah. should be yeah. counted as unforced, as you said, if you have a sitter and you still miss it. But anyhow, but we had a match where there were no. Oh, zero on four <laughs> So that, that, that clean is just somebody's always at the net, so oh. it's a force there. Looking for their third major title together. Yeah, Ram and yeah, Salisbury. Right. More just, hashtag college tennis, right? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, college tennis is good. Also, do- doubles really carrying its weight this event. Uh, got a lot of matches. Kokonakis on Rod Labor today. Mm-hmm. There you have doubles it. before the women's semis. 
It'll be rocking. All right, let's look at some women's doubles highlights. Straight to it. A couple of top 30 singles players, Veronica Kudermatova and Elisa Mertens, taking on Kirsten Flipkins and Sarah Cerebus Tormo Martinez. Yeah, Mertens having won with Sabalenka last year, a couple majors. So uh, here she is playing with uh, Kudermatova, who came very much point in, at Wimbledon finals last year. Uh, so really two good doubles players, really uh, playing well together. Cerebus Tormo, I think, is the weak link here. She works hard, but she's a baseliner. And as much as Flipkins is trying to do, uh, it's just uh, too good for there from Kudemetua Mertens. Two really good singles players who also know how to play doubles. And they were just too much of a good team for, uh, for the service from Flipkins. Nice, nice new partner for Mertens. I mean, had Arena Sabalenka, now you pick up Kudemetova. Yeah. are in the semifinals. It's a good team. Like that duo. All right, Linz, uh, we got the top seeds. Barbora Krejcikova, Katarina Siniakova, taking on the American, Caroline Dolahide and Storm Sanders from Australia. No, there's no question. Krejcikova and Siniakova, the best team on the women's tour. It doesn't mean they win every tournament, but they play together as a unit. They've done a phenomenal job at this tournament. They just had too much variety, too much power for Dolahide and Sanders. Able to come to net. Both players return well. Both players serve well. They are the, really the complete package and, and big favorites to win this title. But nice to see Krejcikova rebound after that tough loss in the singles to Madison Keys. They're just too good together. She said, I find it maybe more difficult right now. We have to focus on every single match because I feel like everybody wants to beat us. Well, when you're the top seed, that's the way it goes. Nice problem. <laughs> and they're holding up their bargain end of the bargain right now as they advance to the final four. We'll take on the three seeds, and then we got the Japanese duo at the bottom. So three of the top four seeds advancing to the semifinals. Uh, more on the checks, Martina, because they're checks. Well, they won juniors together. Now they're winning in seniors, and uh, yeah, seniors, seniors. <laughs> I mean, the main tour. Not the champion I'm series, the but uh... but yeah, they're really good friends. They they split up for a little bit a couple of years ago, came back together, and uh, they they just really know each other. They respect each other, and they know how to play doubles. That's for sure. Three majors together, Olympic gold together, but they haven't won Australian Open together. Looking for that, Lindsay. Yeah, it, they're the favorites to get through, but certainly Mertens and Kudermatova are going to give them all sorts of trouble at the semis. It's just something about. I mean, the Bryan brothers had that obviously much different level twins and played together since they were just born. These two, though, they have the longest relationship in terms of playing, as Martina said, in the junior. So they already know kind of when the other one's going to poach or what shot they're most likely to hit. And so they kind of have this sixth sense out there. Gives them a huge advantage against almost every team. And they're a committed partnership. They're not, you know, a couple bad matches and they're not looking over their shoulder, which which sometimes, you know, it's like uh, it's like swiping left. You know, it's like the dating scene sometimes. <laughs> a couple bad matches and one partner goes and looks Is for another partner. Is he pointing to me or you? I don't <laughs> know. He's pointing to. The, um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think the other thing, too, though, is the partnership contours have to have changed when one of the two players is now a top five singles player so i give them credit for adjusting that affects yep. scheduling that affects demands and off-court demands and sponsorships and interviews i mean they've stayed together but when yep. one player decides to make a go of it in singles and is winning majors and is a fourth seed in this event that 
that changes the dynamic, I no, would think. No, I think they're committed to each other. And uh, at, at one point, uh, Craig Chikla couldn't get into the main draw. She had to play qualifying, so some, some weeks they couldn't play together. Now it's the other way around, where Craig Chikla is the favorite on the single side. But she commits. And she, you know she's going to play doubles no matter how far she goes in singles and vice versa. So it's, they're committed, and it shows. You know, it's paid off for him. It's like you and Pam back in the day. You know, both top singles players and both sticking together in doubles. I don't, I don't, I don't think in my time, n- nobody ever defaulted to save themselves for, for singles or didn't play doubles because they saved themselves for singles. Again, things are more physical these days, but uh, I think we, we were tougher. I <laughs> there was no bumble back then, John. No. You, could, you couldn't swipe right. Oh, yeah, there exactly. Was... There was no Tinder back then. You guys had to stay committed. And no ice baths. Just no ice baths either. <laughs> I don't know why you connected those two. <laughs> shall we? All right, much more. TC Live in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Back on TC Live, presented by Geico, taking a live look at Melbourne Park. Coming up next week on Tennis Channel and TC Plus, we got the ATP Tour in Montpellier. Gal Monfils, Joe Wilfred Songa, Felix Ojealiasim, all there. Aslan Karatsev will be in Pune. Our coverage begins Monday, January 31st. The tennis season just rolls on. As we enter the social net, John, we got some big news. Oh, Novak yeah. Djokovic not in Australia, but guess what? He's all signed up to start his season in Dubai. Yeah, this is going to uh, be a parlor game for these next few months. Uh, some of this depends on Novak and his scheduling. Some of this depends on protocol. My question is um, Indian Wells, Miami, because right. as things stand now, uh, it will be tough for him to get into the U.S. unless he makes some, uh, some fundamental changes. Yeah, I, you have to be vaccinated. Okay. I mean, my, my wife's parents co- trying to come from Russia. They, Sputnik is not allowed as right. a vaccine. So they've been vaccinated. They still can't get in. And I, only, I think his only chance is if they uh, change the rules, which is a possibility. But as of right now, he needs to get vaccinated to play the Miami and Indian, Indian Wells. So I hope he does. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. But uh, certainly Dubai, excited to see him on the court one way or another. Excited to see Re- Emma Raducanu back on the court as well. And we found out, Lindsay, that she will be playing oh. in Guadalajara right yeah. before Indian Wells. For going some of the big money in the Middle East. Hey, <laughs> come on. She was gonna incentivized play, by gonna, her love of mariachi. Going to play. Uh, the, Guadalajara did a phenomenal yeah. job hosting the WTA finals. They now hosting the 250 towards the end of February. So great to see Emma. Emma, in theory, will play there, then practice a little bit in California, get ready for Indian Wells. How about being the top seed? What kind of pressure hmm. is on her to be the top seed now? Well, it all happened so fast for her, so she really didn't move up the ranking. She rocketed up to the top, and uh, she'll be the big, big fish there. Maybe she'll learn how tequila's made, because the town of tequila is just outside of Guadalajara. What's the drinking age there? But she might not be the top seed. They they see it off the rankings right before the tournament. This is just the entry list. Okay. Someone could, Fair. right? Yeah, absolutely. Know. Maddie wins the turn if the Australian right. Open yep. and is playing Guadalajara. Yes. She would be the yes. top seed. That, but that. she is the highest ranked player currently on the entry list. Yes. Nice Her. problem to no. be the number one seed. Or just being a top seed yeah. either, either yeah. way. Okay. I don't think she'll drop out of the top four seeds. No, I think she goes to even higher, like 17 yes, or something. Yes, she's been moving yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. She can just right. gain points pretty much exactly. for half a year. Exactly. Yep. Uh, and how about this uh, not great news? Uh, Kena Shikori going to miss around six months after having hip surgery. We have not seen him on the court since Indian Wells last October. That was actually a back injury, but this this is a hip. And uh, six months out for the former world number four. 
Yeah, not good news. We talked yesterday about Juan Martín Del Potro and uh, his his many comebacks. We're looking forward to seeing him in February. Uh, Kenny Shakori hasn't had it quite that rough, but he has also um, had some some bad luck with injuries, and this is uh, another round, unfortunately. Yeah, tricky part. When a body part goes wrong, you favor it for a long time, and the body gets used to favoring it. And even when you get the body part fixed, the body still thinks it's injured. So the hard part is re re uh, uh, generating Training, yeah. that and reteaching your body. No, you're okay, and you can move normally. So it's uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, the surgery will go well and he can recover. I mean, it's been, what, eight years now since that yeah. U.S. Open final against Marin Cilic. And, and like you said about Del Potro, a lot of different body parts. He had a lot of some wrist problems with Kay. We had some elbow, now the hip. Um, he, you know, some players just have a more fragile body for this sport right. than others. And unfortunately for Nishikori, he has hit the injury bug a lot during his career. We wish him the best. Six months out, hopefully. Back better than ever. And uh, we will see Kane Nishikori doing big things on the tennis court. Are you saying we should give him a spot here? I was going to say. We yeah. Can, uh, <laughs> sign him up. Let him sit on the couch. We, Jenny Brady and Kane Nishikori <laughs> on TC Live in the Future. Welcome back to the big show. It's that time, John. Worth on stat of the day. What is it? You like that music? Uh, Iga. Egalite. Uh, remember we were talking about Iga Schwantek. She had that tremendous run to her first major 2020 Roland Garros title. It was like Navratilova D-Wordle. It was that level of dominance. <laughs> 28 games surrendered in seven matches. That's, that's two games a set. She's dropped 28 games in her last two matches. And yet she is in the semifinals. So what we're seeing is a player who, one major, she's absolutely rolling. Another major, she's had to play defense. She's had to play through rough patches. That's real evolution. And uh, I credit her. She is not winning with the dominance she showed at the French Open with the Navratilovian world dominance. <laughs> you you could say uh, that stat is whack. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. Uh, <laughs> All right. I don't get that. Yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say that. <laughs> point point being, uh, nine hours to go. To e- Kim e- Curry Facebook. E- <laughs> about that Iga Schwantek? Finding new ways to win. That's a crazy stat. That was a good one. I don't know how he comes up with them. Uh, Where did you get that one? That one? Uh, no, I was looking. With that, 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 like, <laughs> no, I was like, uh, she beat Cristea, and then she had to go three sets, and I'm thinking that's that's an awful lot of wow. tennis for someone okay. who, when she won her major, was just blitzing. So. Uh, Anyway, I, I think that shows evolution. We talked about that earlier, how she, mm-hmm. you know, she, she won easily, and then now she's gutting it out, and she's problem-solving during the match, uh, conquering her nerves, mm-hmm. because the nerves never came into it when she won Roland Garros. So, yeah, kudos to her. Yep. Kudos to her. By the way, Lulu's back. Lulu's back. Oh, all we, right. Oh, man. All right, we'll get some more Lulu in a second. Uh, on, Martina, Martina. Y- your hot shot. <laughs> well, this was an amazing rally. I couldn't figure out who was going to have the hot shot in this rally, as Medivin makes a great get here. Felix does one better, and then Felix does one better yet. Oh. Great little flick, great athletic ability from both players, but Felix gets the hot shot. This is a really hot rally of today. Although the, the Schnontek match point was amazing yeah. as well. Four all in the first set, and this is really what started to get the crowd into this match. They were on their feet. They were loud, too. And you know you play a great point when Medvedev is applauding you. <laughs> Felix up to a career-high nine in the world. So that's good stuff for him. 
You heard from him. He said he's very happy with what he did in Australia. We are very happy with this lineup. The women's semifinals, Ash Barty, Madison Keys, followed by Danielle Collins and Iga Sviantek. Let's take a look at our Tennis Express head-to-head between Barty and Keys. Right now, it is 2-1 for the Aussie. They've met twice at Roland Garros, including 2019 when Barty went on to the title. Beat Anna Samova, beat Pagula, and beat Keys. She's already beaten two of those players here. And they're all, oh, look, there's, there's Lulu. Who's licking the couch? I don't know <laughs> what nice. they put on it. Some peanut butter or something. <laughs> um, but I love the matchups because both matches are contrasting styles. And, uh, I mean, Barty has done better against Keys, but it was slower surfaces. Now it's faster. We'll see. We'll see if the power will, will rule or the guile and uh, matchmaking or shot-making ability of Barty. Mm-hmm. I like the contrast in styles. I also like John's point earlier about the pressure. Yep. You know, Ash Barty, she's gotten to a semi. She has not gotten to a final here. I wonder if being a Wimbledon champion takes any off it. I, I know she wants the Australian Open. I know she's played the Australian Open as a French Open champion. But Australians hold Wimbledon yep. very, very, very dear to their heart. I just wonder if maybe that frees her up a little more, being a two-time Grand Slam champion, not feeling as much pressure to try and get the home slam. I don't know. Maybe. They hold it higher than Wimbledon or higher than the Aussies? You're right, though. There's a real reverence there. And uh, it's, some of this is the history, right? The, the Australian champions, and even more real, Hewitt and Pat Cash. But um, I also just think some of it's the grass as well. But there's a real reverence for tennis history. Um, I just think all about the slice. She's just playing great. All about the slice today, right? Yeah. All right, so if it's all about the slice in that matchup, what is it all about in the other matchup? Collins, Schiante. It's the... Big part of this match will be Sviantek and what level is she at? Did she recover from that brutal semifinal? Mentally, is she ready to battle? Because Collins is going to bring it, and you know she's going to bring it in the first game. Sviantek has to have her leg. She has to be able to defend that power. She's got to get Collins moving. Tough to do that if you're below 85% in a semi. We'll see. I mean, maybe Sviantek is feeling great today. But if there is any carryover from those semis, it's advantage Collins. She, Shrinta's going to make Collins hit one or two or three more balls than she's used to because she defends so well. So it'll be a matter of, of Collins being able to control that power. She's done a much better job in her shot selection, et cetera. But Shrintek makes, make, makes you hit more balls. And as soon as she can, she reverses it and makes you run with that big topspin mm-hmm. forehand. So. I'm thinking sort of pep talks. We don't get a lot of pep talks like uh, classic team sports in tennis. But if you're Danielle Collins, you're saying, listen, you're – a match away from a final, and the player you're playing against is so tired. You could see how red she was in the face. She played three hours against a 36-year-old. This is a real opportunity. If you're Schwantek, you're saying, listen, you're playing Danielle Collins for a chance to get back into another major final. I think whoever doesn't win this match will see this as a missed opportunity, really, which means it's a big opportunity for both of them. I just think it's all about the recovery. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've got a bonus preview match. So. Special K is back on the court today. Oh. Nick Kyrgios, oh. <laughs> Tanasi Kakanakis. They are taking on Marcel Grenoliers and Horatio Zabios. It's on Rod Laver Martina. So, you know, they love Kia Arena, but this one's, this one's on the big stage. They're going to get the crowd riled up. You know that as Nick uh, really was getting his opponents riled up uh, over his antics, but uh, this crowd's going to love it. They have a good shot at it. Granio Zabayo's better on the slower surfaces. This court's playing fast. And the big hitting Kokinakis Kyrgios, they could take this, no doubt about it. 
They're going to get the crowd riled up. Also, if, if history serves, they're going to get the opponents riled up as, as <laughs> well. Um, not necessarily making a, a lot of friends among the doubles players is Nick Kyrgios, but uh, it's entertainment. Can't, can't deny that. Is it going to be the same atmosphere in, I think in labor? It, I think it will be because the 7.30 p.m. matches, that's when the women's semifinals start. That's most likely a different ticket, and they're going to open up the stadium to whoever for the doubles. You also have Dylan Alcott, who's mm-hmm. supposed to play mm-hmm. for the championship as well. TA wants it packed for those matches. That's why they've put them out there. Um, it's going to be awesome. We've said this the whole time. Every time they take the court, we never see an atmosphere like that. So now you have those two playing doubles with Dylan Alka to follow. It's going to be packed yep. in there. Nick Monroe has been doing these credentialed series on Tennis Channel social media. He caught up with Nick and Tanasi, asked them both, what, what do you love about the other one? Tanasi said, energy. Loves Nick's energy. I mean, that, that's what we've seen this entire tournament. He has brought what he has brought to singles before Onto the doubles court. Yes, please. More of that. <laughs> so what, what, is, what is, uh, Kokinakis bring, bring for uh, Nick, I wonder? Power. <laughs> he had a more joking yeah. comment. Oh, okay. So uh, what, what, yeah, what a well, surprise. A blend. <laughs> <laughs> but you love passion. You love passion no matter how you slice it. So Nick brings that and good for him. They've known each other since they were nine years yeah. old. And here they are on the biggest stage of their country yeah. looking to make a major final As always, thank you so much for joining us. We will be back with you tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern with all of the results. Who makes the final on the women's side? Will it be an All-American final? For Martina, Lindsay, John, I'm Steve, and Lulu. Thanks for watching TC Live. Nice bracelets.